So today is all about thinking. And kids are still in kids, uh, not in kids' church, they're still in here. So I thought we'd start with a little thinking trick, <laughs> a little mind-playing game. So for the next couple of minutes, I'm going to be the amazing Adam. Hopefully I don't end up as the atrocious Adam. But we'll see how we go. Hey, before we do, though, if you are taking notes, I'll give you time to get your books out, your pens out, whatever you use to write your notes, and I want you to write this down. Never underestimate a thought. It's possibilities and it's power. I'll say it again. Never underestimate a thought. It's possibilities or it's power. Okay, so now for that trick. I hope this works. If you know this one, just play along. It'll make me feel better. But anyway, it's a golden oldie, but it's a good one. All right. Think of a number between 2 and 10. Any number. It doesn't matter. If you need your calculators for the next bit, they're fine. You can get this the calculators out. Multiply that number by 9. <laughs> Multiply that number by 9. Add those two numbers together. So let's just say you pick 2. 2 times 9 is 18. 8 and 1. All right? So add those two numbers together. Now take 5 away from that number. You should now have a single digit number again. <laughs> it's January. Okay. We can take it a little bit slower. That's fine. Okay. Are we good to keep going? Okay. So the number that you have, we're going to correspond to a letter. If it's 1, it's A. If it's 2, it's B, C, 3, and so on. Okay. Very good, very good. I like that one. Now, think of a country in Europe that begins... You may need to count yeah, our phones again. That begins with that letter. Hopefully you've got it. Now, the second letter in that name, that country's name, think of an animal, not a bird, not a fish, but think of an animal that begins with that letter. Now think of the colour of that animal. I know, there's a lot of steps here. But I'm going to see if I can get what you're thinking. And if I'm reading minds correctly... I'm picking up a lot of grey elephants in Denmark. <laughs> Am I right? Never underestimate a thought. That was just a bit of fun. That was just a bit of fun. So, as you can see, we're always thinking. Everything we do, we're always thinking. There's not much that we do in life that doesn't involve thinking. 
okay, maybe breathing we don't have to think about. Um, you touch a hot surface, you very quickly pull away without going, ouch, that's hot. You just do what you do. But most of the other things we think about. Now, even coming here this morning, you probably put thought into what you're going to wear, put thought into what you're going to do afterwards, put thought into how you're going to be finishing off the rest of the day, what's going to happen next week, what are you going to eat for dinner? There's not many things that we do every day without thinking. Sometimes we even think out aloud. I find I usually get myself into trouble with this. <laughs> but I always feel, I oh, don't mind me, I'm just thinking out loud. Now, this is good in a situation where you're brainstorming and you want your thoughts just to keep flowing and flowing and flowing. But generally, our thoughts just stick to our head. They're private, they're personal, and a lot of the times, the thoughts just stay there. Exactly that, alone, in your head, and that's it. That's the end of the thought. There's been times where Joe and I, we've been driving along. I'm just thinking, driving. And she'll say something, I'll go, you're joking. I was thinking that only two minutes ago. And we have a good little laugh and chuckle. But I also say, I'm not going to be thinking about things you don't want me to think about. If she can read my mind like that, just off silence, it can get scary. But it's usually fun. But the thing is, I think of that and I think, am I predictable? Am I easily read, that easily read that somebody can just know exactly what I'm thinking? I hope not. I like to think that my wife knows me on such a personal and intimate level that no matter what, she knows what I'm thinking. She knows what I'm feeling, the good stuff, the bad stuff, the general stuff. It's a connection that goes deeper than love. So you're probably wondering why I've got two stools here. Well, I'm going to take you on a journey in my mind. So no, this won't be a two-minute sermon. <laughs> but I want to give you a bit of an idea of what it takes to involve Jesus in your thinking. And... It's funny how last week Colin's message was about Subarus and about cars. So, I'm going to take you for a drive to work in my car. I'll take my driver's seat. Might bring this over. <laughs> steering wheel. That's it. Steering wheel. So, driving to work sometimes, I ask Jesus to take a ride with me. Just sit with me. No, I don't stop the car, get out and open the door and let him in, but I do intentionally clear everything off the seat, make sure that nothing's there, nothing's in the footwell, just like I would for any of you coming in to the car. I don't do this every day, but it's something that I do occasionally. Unlike all of you godly, holy and focused Christians, sometimes my morning prayer time can get diverted. I find that 5.30 in the morning is very hard to walk around the lounge room quietly, but praying out loud. I'm trying to whisper, but most of the time it's all in my head. I'll give you an example. 
Lord, I thank you for last night. This is what goes on in my head. I thank you for the sleep that I had. I thank you for looking after my family while I was asleep. Thank you for this house that I have, that you've given to me, a shelter that we can call home. Thank you for this lounge room. Thank you for this lounge. The lounge smells. I think the dog's been on here. I might have to wash the dog when I get home. Oh, that's right. I've got to get bread and milk. Oh, hang on. Sorry, Lord. Where was I? That's where my prayers end up. Is it just me? It's very, very frustrating. And sometimes I just give up praying. So I change things up. Instead of my thoughts invading my prayer time, I wanted Jesus to invade my thoughts. I wanted to walk, I wanted to talk to Jesus about what was going on in my world. I wanted him to be involved in my little things as well as my big things. I wanted the Lord's ideas to be my ideas. I wanted his thoughts to be my thoughts. I wanted, and I still want, Isaiah 55.9 to be a part of me, a part of my everyday. 55.9 says, As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Yes, I still pray and I love praying. Don't get me wrong. But there's times where I just can't pray and it's hard and my thoughts are just taken over. So there are times I just want to talk to him or tell him about it all. So I started opening up my car and I said to him, just drive with me. And I just started talking like I would with any of you. Hey, Lord. I've got a tough day ahead. Don't know what's going to happen. But the peace I feel when I invite him into my world, forget the prayers, forget everything else, but just be with me, it's amazing. Even just a 30-second walk, a quick chat. Now, I'm not talking about shooting up quick prayer requests, Lord, heal this person or things like that, or help them see it the way I see it. It's little things like, thanks for walking with me today, Lord. Thanks for having my back. How do I approach this situation? Lord, I've got a meeting I've got to go into. Can you please be there with me? And I'll walk in and I'll pick a spot. Lord, I can see you there. And he'll be there. Or it might be, man, the kids are really getting to me, Lord. What do you do when I frustrate you? Yes, there are times where I do ask for things. But I want him to show me what he thinks. I want him to show me the way he would solve problems. And to do that, I have to open up to a certain area that is personal. It's my thinking. All this builds up a rhythm. It builds up a rhythm with him. Seeking what his thoughts are and making them my thoughts is key for me. Because after all, his thoughts are higher than my thoughts. Picture a kid on a swing. Push me, daddy. Push me, push me, push me. He's kicking and kicking and kicking. The dad goes, whoa, 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 whoa. Stop, slow down. Put your feet together. Lean back, lean forward. Before you know it, the kid's swinging higher than he thought possible. Now, the kid can continue on 
trying to do it his way, or he can change to the way his dad was thinking. And then he finds swinging is a lot easier. You know, I'm not saying life's going to be easy, but just adopting that rhythm and finding that momentum with the Lord, it's amazing how it changes your personal life, your everyday life. Allow Jesus into your daily thoughts. Intentionally make room for him. Like I did in Micah. I gave him the biggest seat, by the way. Um, make room for him. Be intentional. If you're going for a walk, ask him. Lord, I'm going for a walk. Do you want to join me? Walk on the path next to him. Allow room for him. And verbally ask him. Don't just think it. Just verbally ask him. Start walking. Walk to the side of the footpath. If you're worried about what people think, pull these out. Whoop, that, oh, Christian, I'm so sorry. Put them in. All of a sudden, you've gone from a crazy person talking to yourself to someone who's on a phone call. Thanks, Thanks, Ian. But the thing is, when have you ever stopped and listened to someone on a phone call? You haven't, but you can, not out loud, loud, as in so everybody can hear it, but you can quietly talk. Hey, Lord, what's going on? Having a good day today? I am. This won't happen. Share the good stuff too. It's about making that space to meet him. Or you might be going for a walk, or sorry, going out for lunch. You sit in the park. Sit on the bench. Make room for him. Make it a little spot out in the front if it's a table. After all, he's Jesus. He's not going to just leave you stranded. People might think you're looking like you're waiting for somebody. Well, you actually are. You're waiting for him to sit and talk to you. I know this sounds crazy, and I know it sounds a bit out there, but I'll tell you what, it makes a difference. If you're not sure how to start the conversation, just start it like I would start with you. Hey, how you doing? How's your day been? What have you been up to today? This is what happens for me. And just talk. Just talk. If you go seeking, his promise is you will find. If you go knocking, his promise is the door will be opened. For me, this kind of thinking and building this kind of rhythm into my existing relationship with him, it took a step of faith. What do I mean by that? I needed to forget what I looked like, forget about what everything was else, everything else was around me, and just trust in Him. I had to trust that He was going to be there when I needed Him, regardless. There is nothing I can say, nothing I can do that's going to shock Him. Whoa! Didn't see that one coming. No, nah, He's got it. He knows. He's He sees it all. But to actually talk to Him about it. It helps. If this is what... Okay, I've got kids. I want to be involved in their world. I don't want to be there just for the bad times. I want to be there for the good times too. I want to share in their joy. I want to share in their experience. So if this is what I want as a father, how much more would he want it with us? In our everyday thinking, in our everyday worlds. I don't want Jesus just to be my go-to when I'm in trouble. 
I want him to be my partner, my life partner, my friend. As a dad, I see things on a different level to what my kids do, just like the Lord sees things higher than me. But just like I'd like to be able to reach out and talk to my kids and teach them what I think, I want Jesus to show me what he thinks too. I know I've said this a few times, but it is key. It, it's something that I just keep telling myself, Lord, I want you to know. I want to know what you think. I don't always get answers. I don't always get problems solved and things like that. And there's many times where it's just me talking. It's a one-way conversation. But I can tell you right now, as I said earlier, I always feel his peace no matter what. He has never, ever left me feeling abandoned. I can stand here hand on heart and say, the Lord never leaves me nor forsakes me. Even when I'm afraid, I can call on Joshua 1 Joshua 9, and this is one of my favourites. I Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Even if it's on a walk, even if you're in the kitchen cooking for the family, wherever you go, he's there. So invite him into that space. This is a verse that has changed from a verse to a promise and from a promise to becoming part of what I think and believe. For me, this verse is peace and it is comfort. The harder things get in life, the more I call on this. And there's been times where I've gone, Lord, I need you to step up right now. I need you to come through and show me that you're with me. I don't need you to solve the problems. I don't need you, but I'm feeling so alone and everything just seems so dark. And then I can tell you, every time he answers. Can I suggest that you find a verse like that for yourself? It's something between you and him, something that kicks that trust, that faith, that assurance into gear. Allowing Jesus to infiltrate your thinking allows you to trust him and not what is around you. It allows you to be open to his Holy Spirit and to be led into any situation, good or bad, with confidence and with courage. It allows you to be able to take a thought and watch him make the impossible possible. We all know the story about the woman who suffered from bleeding and the pain that she went through. The doctors couldn't help her. The more things she tried, the worse things got. But in Mark, we see th something that is nothing short of a miracle on more than one level. In Mark 5, 27, 28, it says... When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. When I read this story, I think of a woman who probably kept herself away from society. She kept herself in the background. She kept herself on the outskirts. It would have took so much courage and strength for her to push through a crowd 
to touch the back of the coat of Christ. But did you see it in that verse? Did you see what she did? Did you see where it all started? She heard about Jesus and then she had a thought. She thought, if I touch his clothes, I will be healed. Hers was a probable, but her trust was in the will. She only heard about Jesus. But she didn't let that stop her. She didn't pray for healing. She didn't go and make a sacrifice. She didn't ask somebody to pray for her. She kept down low and went for it. She heard about what Jesus could do and she thought and she acted. In verse 34, he, Jesus, said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be free from your suffering. Did you know she is the only woman in the New Testament to be called daughter by Christ? This, to me, says what she did was worth more than just being called child. She was given daughter. This is the power of a thought. She went from a woman who was more than likely an outcast, an outcast, a burden on society, to being called a daughter by Christ. She became part of a family, all because she had a thought. Christ was in her thoughts, and he, as his name is, faithful. Because of her faith, she was healed. Because Jesus was in her thinking, she placed herself in a position for Christ to be able to do what only he can do. She never asked to be healed, and Jesus never asked her, what do you want? Like he did with so many others. He believed her, she believed her thoughts was possible, and without a single word spoken between either of them, the miracle happened. She her life, and more than likely her family's life, was profoundly changed forever because of a thought. So I might get the musos up, if possible. So in closing, I can't tell you how much having Jesus included in my thoughts has changed the way I do life day to day, or even at times moment to moment. I encourage all of you, if you don't already, find a way to include Jesus in your everyday thinking, in the basic stuff, in doing the shopping, in vacuuming the floors. You won't be disappointed. You won't be let down. Intentionally making room for Him and watching and being open to see what He can do, it's going to change your relationship with Him. I can tell you that from personal experience. So as I opened, that's how I'm going to close. Never underestimate the power of a thought. It's possibilities and what the Lord can do with you, your thoughts and the people around you.